Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. Ordering meal prep delivery on a Monday so that you have meals delivered to your house every single night for the rest of the week, right? Takes no more time to become systems focused than it does to do tasks. It probably takes less time because you're spending your time on higher value activities that have a multiplier effect. So I want everyone to think for a minute, what systems off in my life? Because when we talk about energy, we all know it's diet and movement and hydration. It's what, what we put into our bodies and how often we move and how well we move throughout the day, not just the mornings. I know we got a lot of morning routine addicts in here, myself included. But the statistics aren't too pretty about those people who just work out in the morning and then sit slunched over in front of a computer all day. Let me get some mic flashes if I have your permission today to get to the root cause and to be direct with everyone. Let me get some mic flashes here if everyone's awake. Okay, good, 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 good. We're going to go right to the root cause. All right. So my question first is what is your energy growth system and what pieces of that system are you missing? So I'm going to ask a question right now. One of the best things to do is to ask yourself this question. What if, and we've said this before, but here's the specific question. What if film of your actions, film of your actions, actions, not thoughts, not desires, film of your actions was the only thing you could leave behind to teach your loved ones how to live? I know, I know. I should stop right now, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> okay. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. 
What if film of your actions was the only playbook you could deliver to your family? No stories, no justifications, just literal film without audio. And it was summarized and some, you know, some forensic scientist summarized. Here is what Glenn did from this morning, from this hour to this hour. Here is what Glenn did. At this I don't know hour if I like that. Hour. I don't know if I liked it without audio part, but I, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> so think about this. Think about this. Are you slunched over throughout the day? Are you reactive? Are you sprinting to get food last minute? Are you crunching in workouts because there's no clear system and accountability and other workout buddies that you've already set up? Again, systems. Let's talk about this working out. Okay, actually a system would be to text someone right now. You could do this right now for free. Text someone right now that lives close to you and say, I'd like to commit to a workout plan together. Put it in the calendar, do it for two weeks. Again, same amount of time. Now you have accountability. Now you have someone else. And you've committed in the calendar and it takes actually less time afterwards because there's less cognitive dissonance. What do systems do? Systems reduce what's called cognitive load or what they call decision-making fatigue. This is the reason Mark Zuckerberg wears practically the same clothes every day for a decade, right? It cures decision-making fatigue. If we have to think about what we're gonna wear when we work out in the morning, if we have to think about where we're going to work out, if we have to think about what we're going to do in the gym, these little micro moments cause us to stop. So when you study Olympic athletes, a lot of people devalue the power of visualization. But my question, and we talked about this, what is the difference between first and second place in the Olympics? Fraction of a second. Right? What separates Michael Phelps from all the people who got second for all those years? Well, it's two things, visualization and training. And when you put all the training in, what's the only thing that's going to kick in in the last 30 seconds of an Olympics race? Probably not training. At that heart rate, it's grit. Right? I'm sure Tom Brady is not the most in-shape football player. He's probably even got a little flab, little flabs of fat on him. Who cares? He's got the strongest brain, though, in the entire NFL, arguably. Right? And that brain is not just natural, you know, talent. That's cultivated. That's because he was the underdog, Right? So he built a mental fortitude system. And he's lucky he was the underdog. So my question is, would you recommend your health to a family member? Your energy systems, let's say. There's this concept of the billionaire with the sore throat. Right? The billionaire has all these great things and the billionaire has you know, all these assets and is worth a billion dollars and goes on a trip on his private jet on his own island and then has a sore throat for the entire trip. 
The only thing he's going to be thinking about during that trip is what? His sore throat. Right? That's an example of health. Would you recommend your happiness to a family member? So my question is, to hit the next level, what energy systems must you have in place? I have this picture of when I was doing 44000 a month when I just got started my first year. And I had this belly because I thought I was too busy to work out. You don't get it. I'm starting a business. I'm too busy to work out. You don't get it. I had this big old belly when I was doing 44,000 a month, which to some listening, maybe that's a lot. To me, I was broke, but that's another story. And in, let's see, five, 10 months, I had a six pack and I'm looking at this sheet right here. We went from 44,000 to 132,000 per month in 10 months. And I went from having a belly to a six pack. My question to everyone is, and this is, this is uh, two, three years ago. My question is, was that actually the minimum requirement? Was that a requirement for me to hit the next level in my finances, in my business? Did I have to get a six pack? Because the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Right? What if, the, what if your personal health goals and your wealth goals are actually one and the same? It's, it, what if it's just a discipline game? What if it's just a systems game? What if it's just a repetition game? So I started putting together these personal energy systems. So I started writing out, what are my target calories per day? Right? I started restricting my calorie intake. And I started realizing, man, I don't need food for energy. I need internal passion and drive for energy. I'm not dependent on food to give me energy. Last night, Glenn was kind enough to introduce me at this big challenge that I'm holding. We had 160 unique attorneys on, um, on this challenge that we're doing last night at 7, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. That's hard to do with, a, with a, an audience like that. Glenn introduces me, and afterwards, I had Cameron Harold, the, uh, the, uh, my personal coach, the former CEO of 1-800-GOT-JUNK, he came in as a surprise guest, and after he presented, he sent me a text. This is exactly what he texted me. This is exactly what Cameron texted me. He said, your energy is world class. And then he said, you crushed it right after, right after he got off of the, uh, the interview with me. It's at 7.45 p.m. I hadn't eaten any food since, I think, 10 a.m. that day. Little, like a little snack. I did not need food for energy. Actually, when Beyonce was recording her albums, some of her best albums that became, that had the most hits in them, she wasn't eating throughout the whole recording of the album. Like she was, they were forcing her to eat. 
I have an executive assistant. And yesterday she was texting me. She texted me like five times yesterday. She's like, do you want me to order you food? Do you want me to order you food? Do you want me to order you food? I was like, all right, whatever. Yeah, just, just order me food. I'm, I'm focused. So I started restricting calories. I started realizing, okay, if I just multiply my body weight by 12 instead of by 15, most people for to be in maintenance, calorie maintenance, it's your body weight times 15. Now you can go do your own research on this. That's what I found is kind of the average. Your body weight times 15 is usually what your calorie maintenance level is. That's going to depend on activity levels, blah, 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 blah. So I started multiplying my body weight times 12 and that became my new calorie maximum. I started having more energy. How many of you have eaten a huge lunch throughout the day and then you like, you need to fall asleep at 2 PM. Let me get some mic flashes. If that has ever happened to you. Okay. I'm seeing Glenn. No one else has ever tapped out at 2 PM. Come on. Okay. Food can actually slow you down. Food creates a process whereby the body has to digest and process the food. So don't forget, the more food you eat, the more tired you'll get. So we have to get very conscious about when are we putting food in our stomachs. I started writing my, my daily routine habits. I have my morning routine. I have my battle plan, which is my daily battle plan, which is my day routine. And then I have my evening ritual. I'll go through it right now. I have a uh, 5.30 a.m. wake up, breathe. Uh, now it's 4.30. Breathe. I take a deep breath, leg over bed. I put my leg over the side of the bed because <laughs> I literally have broken it down to I don't want to get out. All I have to do is put my leg over the side of the bed. Right? Floss brushed teeth. Write out my gratitudes and goals, major, defi major definite purpose recital. This is where I recite my major definite purpose to myself, pacing back and forth like a maniac in my kitchen. Then I meditate. I do stretching three times a week. Then I do uh, my cardio or lifting routine. I do a cold shower. I get dressed. I put on a posture brace some days to bring my shoulders back so I don't slump over when I'm in front of my computer. I take some vitamins. Um, then for my daily battle plan, I fill out my one page daily planner, um, where I basically plan, what are my top three priorities for the day? I log into my bank account. Um, I look at how much do I have my business bank account, my investing account, my personal account. I put that onto a sheet so that I'm aware of my finances every single day. Then, um, I'll usually do a post on my Instagram stories, um, at the end of the day, after I've done my one-page productivity planner, I'll do my end-of-day reflections. So I'll do my gratitudes, things I learned from the day, a couple quick accomplishments from the day, any magic moments. This is something I learned from Tony Robbins. What were some magic moments for me today? What were some moments where time stopped, right? And then what can I celebrate today? And I'll usually text someone about the celebration, someone on my team. Then schedule the next day. Right. So can, I just, I tell, can I tell them the text you sent me last night? Oh, yeah. Can I read it out loud? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So Bill's talking about how he celebrates his wins, right? So this is the text I got from Bill last night, 8.18 p.m. It says, bro, 
you are amazing, which I appreciate. And then it says, ended with 160 unique. Max concurrent was 135. So you had 160 lawyers total on the web, on the uh, challenge, 135 all at once. And then he said, that's so hard for day two of a challenge. Based on the math, I think I will convert 30 clients at $35,000 each. I'll break it down for you when it's over. Thank you. So for those of you in the room, do some quick math. 30 clients at $35,000 each. That's just over a million dollars in one challenge. That's magical, bro. <laughs> That's magical. Congratulations, man. That's huge. Well, I appreciate that. And you know, it's funny, Glenn, is two weeks ago, our whole team was in my conference room at our office. And we have this big, we, we hired this contractor to basically paint our walls so that they're like whiteboard paint. And there's this huge whiteboard wall in our in one of our meeting rooms in our office. And I wrote up there, we're going to do a million dollars through our next challenge. So ready? Sunday night for our challenge, which we started this past Sunday. For our, We do VIP tickets and then we do um, regular tickets. Uh, and the VIP tickets, we had... For Sunday night, we do a quick, like, kind of, quote-unquote, pregame session that, to get people excited about tomorrow, day one of the challenge, which was this Monday. Sunday night, we do a VIP session. Twelve people show up. Twelve people show up. Immediately, I am, like, after this day one stops, I am completely defeated for 15 or 20 minutes. Emily and I drive home. We drive home. I'm, I'm not talking. She knows how frustrated I am. We spent so much money promoting this event and time. And then something hit me. And I remembered the moment I was in that meeting room with my team. And I told them, we're going to do a million through this event. We're going to do a million in five days. And that, and that public declaration haunted me in a matter of 30 seconds. Immediately thereafter, I started sending messages to my team. I'm like, okay, who do we need to get on the challenge to get everyone to wake up and show up to this? Who do we need to get as surprise guests for this? Who do we need? Da, 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 da. Who, we need who do we need? And the next night, we got 160 people most of which had their cameras on in a Zoom meeting room, all because I refused, I refused to go backwards because I made a public commitment. Now, who's to say we're going to actually do a million dollars through this event? Who's to say? I don't know. But I know this for sure. I would have not gotten that creative had I not made a public commitment and a big stretch goal, right? So I share this with everyone because we're afraid to set stretch goals, A, and then B, we're afraid to share them with other people. 
Because what if we fail and what if you look like a dummy? Right? Well, what if sharing it is the public accountability you need for when times get tough for you to go back to the moment when you did share it and you did put your neck out and you did put your reputation on the line? What if that was actually the requirement for the fuel you needed to do the stretch goal? Right? Brian Benstock's a great example. He's on this stage all the time. Brian Benstock is one of the leaders in the industry, in the auto industry. A CEO's job is to be the chief energy officer. So a CEO's job is not to know the how. It's not to say, here's how we're going to do everything. If you want to attract a B-level team, then know the how to everything. If you want to attract a B-level team or a C-level team, just have all the answers for everything. It's simple. You'll push away everyone who's smart, everyone who's motivated. If you want to have an A-level team, make a big commitment. Say, I don't know how this is going to happen. It's going to happen, though. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. This is going to happen. Notice the resolve in my voice. I'm not jumping up and down when I say it's going to happen. I'm saying it with resolve. I'm saying it. It's going to happen. Just a matter of time. This is going to happen, though. We're going to do this. Keep pressing. That's what Henry Ford said when they invented the car. They came back. If you ever read the book, Think and Grow Rich, his team came back to him and said, Mr. Ford, we can't, we can't make the internal combustion engine the way that you've specified to us. This is, this is not possible. What did Mr. Ford say? What did Henry Ford say? He said, that's fine. Press ahead. Keep going. Six months go by. He checks in. We can't do this, Mr. Ford. That's fine. Press ahead. We will do it. No, no, no. We will do it. Go ahead. Press ahead. Another six months go by. We can't do it, Mr. Ford. Press ahead. Go ahead. And I think it was one month after that next six-month check-in that they actually created the internal combustion engine. Thomas Edison right? Vision is a service. I was talking about this last night during the challenge. You are a who, as Dan Sullivan would say in his book, Who Not How. You are a who for others. You don't need to be bashful about having a big vision. You having a big vision is a service for people who are not visionaries. Jack came forward has increased its sales by over 136%. My name is Travis Flaherty. We have seen over 55% increase in sales. Jeremy Downing here. We finished our month off at not even a 20% increase, but a 30% increase. Hey guys, Jean Paul Gidry here. Now I've experienced massive increases of 156%, collectively 125%. My name is Kevin Sturesnatter. We went an increase of 
50%. We went from 50 units to 75 units. We had a 39% growth in volume. This stuff works! I'm Glenn Lundy, creator of the 800% Club. The results that we've been getting out of the 800% Club are ridiculous. Everything that you just heard all happened in the first 90 days. So I wanna open this up, helping more dealers across the country. We're now enrolling for 800% Club members. So look, the time is now. It's time for you to protect your legacy. Head on over to 800EliteAutomotiveClub.com to learn more. There's a reason less than a decimal point of 1% of people are true visionaries. Because if everyone was visionaries, then everyone would be crazy visionaries, like me and Glenn. <laughs> that'd be that'd be real. <laughs> It'd be fun for you. <laughs> that'd be a crazy world, man. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna conquer this planet. We're gonna do this, and then and then everyone would just keep saying that, and then no one would actually do anything. Right, right. <laughs> you know, we'd all we'd all be dreaming all day long, and. But that's the important part is we, we can't be bashful about having vision because vision is a service. You're doing the people that love you and trust you a disservice by having a small vision if you're capable of it. If you're capable of it, then you've had the vision before. If you can think it, if you can dream it, you can do it, is true. It's true. Most people put the brakes on and talk themselves out of the how. We talked about uh, two nights ago the importance of creating a vivid vision for your life, for your business. Vivid vision is literally stepping into. This is another energy management system. I want to make a controversial point here. Controversial point here is you could be the healthiest person in the world. You could have close relationships with friends and still not be a high energy person. The number one thing that my claim is that creates energy is clear vision for you. You don't have to be a visionary, but you do need to know what your intended outcomes are. So there's this concept called the vivid vision which is a three to six page document that works like this. Everyone, no, if you're driving, don't do this, but for those of you who aren't driving, close your eyes for a second. Close your eyes for a second and think, today is December 31st, 2024. Today, you have been implanted into three years in the future. You have been through a transportation machine bloop, and you're able to look around your life. You look left, you look right, you look down at your feet, you realize you're in bed, you get up, you walk around that new house of yours. What does your family look like health-wise? What does your business look like? We can do business vivid visions. We can do personal vivid visions. 
business vivid vision looks like this. How much revenue are you going to be doing? How many team members are you going to have? What verticals are you going to be in? How many clients are you going to have? What's going to be the average revenue per client? Then you articulate, what's my culture going to be like? How are people going to be operating at this, this future of mine? Now notice, nowhere in the vivid vision creation process is there a how question. How am I going to do it? What if I don't have the skills? What if I don't have the capabilities? How am I going to? Nope. As soon as you have said the word how, you have violated the vivid vision process. The vivid vision is not the how, it's the what. It's here's what happened three years from today. It's a visualization exercise. Now, as soon as you do this, if you actually put yourself into like a meditative state, if you actually step forward into a meditative state and and put yourself three years from today and see and picture everything that's going to be real for you. The first feeling that you're going to get in your gut, and I've done this for almost 90 people now, is fear. You're going to get the feeling, oh, that can't happen for me. This is just some hokey visualization exercise. That can't happen. No. I because it's an identity mismatch. It's creating what scientists call cognitive dissonance, right? Because your current reality is not that future. Press through that like Henry Ford would. Step through it. No, this is true. This is true for me. This is true for me. This is what I stepped into. Right? So vision is a service, but we have to get out of our own way to create that vision. So once we did this for our business, it changed everything. We, we embedded it into our recruiting process. Now, before people apply to work with us as a company, they have to read our vivid vision and then they have to make a uh, you know, couple minute long video explaining how they intend to make our vivid vision come true. There, there's no secrets when you have a vivid vision you can have your family members read it you can have the people that you work with read it you could have anyone around you read the vivid vision no more hiding the point in my life where i was the most unhappy was when i was hiding i suffered from debilitating anxiety disorder when I was in college. I mean, it was so bad. I was walking down the sidewalk at points thinking people were going to punch me, like thinking people are going to pull out a gun like that, that, that level of severe, like complete inappropriate, anxious thoughts. There's one time I was eating in a lunchroom and I thought someone was going, was watching me eating or something. And it turned into this chain of thoughts. Like what if they are? What if I'm eating weird? What if this is after my family went divorced, who got divorced, went bankrupt, we lost everything. I, I had to give up uh, riding dirt bikes at the time. My bikes got confiscated. Our house got repossessed. It was just a whole chain of events. But nonetheless, because of those stressors, I reacted with anxiety. And I remember my first reaction when I started really feeling anxiety 
was to become someone else. Was to be more likable or something or to fit in more. I don't want to be an outcast or just, I don't know, weird thoughts that maybe the way to solve this is because I'm too unique. I'm too out there. I'm too weird. Well, I'm here to tell you that I didn't overcome my anxiety disorder, which I wrote a 240-page book on called Worry 180. I didn't overcome it through the meditation or the health or the diet stuff. It helped. It certainly reduces the anxiety to a level where it's more manageable. By the way, 40% of U.S. adults, they did surveys, they, they went into uh, medical professionals that, for publicly available data. 40% of U.S. adults suffer from uh, some form of anxiety, whether reported or not. This is an epidemic, anxiety. For me, it didn't go away until I started being a complete whack job weirdo my true self, which is who I am. So I share this with everyone because it's an important topic that if you're putting brakes on, this is the, the, the comment I learned from Grant Cardone that changed my life. Was that if you can run a hundred miles an hour, but every day you choose to run eight, let's say eight miles an hour, let's say 10. If you know you have potential to run a hundred miles an hour in an example, but you choose to run eight or 10 every day, my question to everyone is what is the residual effect day after day after day? Well, I'll actually tell you, it's, it's 90, it's 88 to 90 miles per hour. The difference between 100 miles an hour and 8 miles an hour, oh, I'm sorry, yeah, it's 92, 92, sorry, I did my math wrong. The difference between 100 miles an hour and 8 miles an hour is 92 miles an hour. So if you choose to run eight miles an hour every day, or if you choose to run 10 miles an hour every day and your potential is 100, that's 90 of a difference. So day one, my question is, when you choose to go below your potential, where does that 90 mile per hour negative difference get stored? It gets stored in your body as anxiety, as pent up energy. What happens on day two? Okay, well now you've run 10 miles an hour on day two again. Now you're up to 180 miles per hour of stored excess energy. What happens on day three? 270 miles per hour of stored excess energy. Day four, 360 miles per hour of stored energy. 
And this adds up and it adds up. And those of you who have been in nine to five jobs that you absolutely despised working for people you hate, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That low level, this is the secret killer right now. That low level creeping buzz, that underlying pressing anxiety that's like, I'm limiting myself. I'm limiting myself every day. So I remember before I started my business, I had this moment where I was working for an insurance company and, uh, and I remember every single day I had this psychologist psychiatrist that I would see his name is Mark. I was telling Mark, my psychologist that I felt I could run the department of this insurance company better than my boss. And he said that was ego and all that stuff. And later I ended up parting ways with him because I was actually right. I, I, I was really naturally good at understanding management and business. However, I wasn't able to actually express that. So I remember I called up my mom, who I think is in the audience right now, D. Um, I called her up told her I was going to be quitting this insurance job. This is like two weeks after I graduated college. Okay. I, I literally just got my degree. My family's all happy. Bill landed a job. And in two weeks I called him. I was like, yep, I'm going to go start an ebook business. As soon as I quit that insurance company within like eight months, I never had debilitating anxiety again for like seven years or so, eight years. Now, trust me, I still have moments. I'm not perfect. Okay. I've had low moments, but I, but I, but I bounced back as Tony Robbins says, I have, maybe I have bad moments. I don't have bad days anymore. Now, I don't know if I'm at Tony's level. I, I probably have had some bad days too but I hope to get there. But the key is this, is commit first, force the commitment into courage, right? We talked about the four C's, right? Commit, courage, capability, confidence. Commitment, courage, capability, confidence. Commitment, courage, capability, confidence. Commitment, courage, capability, confidence. So I start seeking out these mentors. Brendan Burchard, Dan Sullivan, Brian Tracy, Grant Cardone, I start realizing, wait a second, there's actually like models towards reaching your full potential, right? And one of the most important ones I learned was the commitment, courage, capability, confidence, the four C's. And I've just used it for everything since then. It's literally like a cheat code. Just commit to stuff first, force the commitment, Make that commitment force you into courage, meaning you're going into something you haven't done before. Going through courage feels like this. Fear is having wet pants. Courage is doing what you set out to do with wet pants. I'll say that again. Fear is wetting your pants. 
courage is doing what you set out to do with wet pants. So courage doesn't feel good. Commitment feels good because you're all jacked up when you make the commitment. I committed. I feel good. Courage is when you're like, oh, crap. What did I just commit to? For me, this is when we spent $150,000 promoting our last summit that we held. $150,000 between speakers' fees and ad spend. I committed. It felt good in the moment. And then $150,000 came out of my bank account in three weeks. Let me get a mic flash if that would make your stomach drop a little bit. You're seeing 150 grand just. Courage does not feel good, guys. Courage is not a, a yippee, courage. But on the other side of courage, capability comes. And now I know I can spend 150,000 a month on ads and speakers if I wanted to. Because I've done it and I survived. And with, uh, with the guest presenters we had at that event, we made $1.4 million in, in, collect- in, uh, in uh, contract revenue. Now, I didn't receive the 1.4 because we had another uh, co-promoter who did, uh, you, know, uh, you know, probably like 600,000 or so. That's why I set the goal to do a million through this challenge. So I'm bringing this full circle for you. The only reason I had the audacity to set a goal to do a million dollars through the challenge that I'm doing right now is because I did 800,000 for myself through a prior event. Before that, my goal was to just do $100,000. Before that, my goal was to do $10,000 through a webinar. Before that, my goal was to do one sale through a webinar. But what happens? Commitment, courage, capability. When we go through courage, we earn a new capability. And then we walk away with an up-level confidence. It's literally like a video game. It's like, okay, let's get to the next level of confidence. Then what happens? Trust me, everyone. When you, when you start making well in excess of your family members and, and you have all of your living expenses covered, the, the challenge is when, like you, the only way you get there is through confidence, some level of confidence. But the question is, are you going to stop there? Because most people do. When you look at the statistics on small businesses, I think the average growth rate of businesses in America is like 1% per year. It's sickening. So even entrepreneurs who have started million-dollar businesses are just capping out, just going, "Yeah, well, I don't want to go through. I don't want to go through that courage thing again. So let's just milk out what we have." Then we have the Glenn Lundys of the world, right? Glenn was already successful before Breakfast with Champions. He didn't have to put on this show. He didn't have to do trade all this time of his this precious time of his to pull off breakfast of champions 
He, he, but he decided, I'm doing it. I'm committing. Right? You heard his identity shift earlier. He said, I am, I am the founder of the greatest, the biggest breakfast show in the world. That's a commitment. Then, courage. <laughs> courage is, oh, crap, this is a lot of time. Oh, oh my gosh. I got to get like, I got to get like 60 moderators for this. This is the most time-consuming thing. Remember, guys, I, I did, I, I tried this for evening uh, with my marketing mastery room, and I stopped. I was not willing to go through the courage period on Clubhouse. I think I texted Glenn one day and I was like, how, I was like, how do you do this? Like how, like I gave up on Clubhouse. I was like, okay, I'm going to do a new commitment. The longer the courage period, period, the bigger the payoff though. Now Glenn runs the largest show on here. Literally household name on Clubhouse. Everyone who visits the app Clubhouse knows this show. So the payoff's huge. So the longer the courage period, the bigger the payoff. But Glenn could have just stuck to auto, could have just stuck to the auto industry and just said, well, I'm good. I'm good. What did he say? No, I'm not good. Let's go for the next challenge. So this is what happens. And I learned this from some of my mentors. It's not about saying bye to your old friends as you grow in your life. It's not about having a breakup call. I can no longer spend time with you. No, 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 no. It's about making a bigger commitment in your life to where yo, you're like, force like your schedule changes i remember i was talking to grant one night i asked him this question on the marketing mastery stage um and it was late and <laughs> someone asked him um about like how do you how do you like you know say bye to friends and i asked him a similar question when you outgrow people that you once like wanted to spend time with and then you finally realize oh crap i've outgrown this person I asked him that question. And he said, he, he goes, uh, he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, I'll just make bigger commitments. Then, then he's like, you know, I'm flying to Dubai next Saturday. You want to come? The ticket's uh, going to be $40,000 round trip. And the person that wanted to hang out with Grant would go, well, I don't have 40 grand. So they would self-select out of his life. He didn't have to break up with them. Right? But then once we've made those big commitments, our systems are what keep us going. So commitment gets us going, system keeps us going. So I'm gonna speed through three sections of energy management systems. Number one is your personal vision system. <clears throat> How do you reinvigorate your personal vision on a repetitive basis? Do you need to embed it into your morning routine? Do you need to have one sentence on a recurring basis that you repeat to yourself every day 
Well, that's a system to create clarity around your personal vision. Okay. Can you create an affirmation timer in your phone? Right? So there's the, there's the alarms in your phone. You can set a recurring daily alarm at the same time every day. I do this right now. My three power words that go off my phone at 10 AM, 2 PM and 6 PM every day is simple, big, and fast. Keep it simple, big, and fast. So those are my three power words right now. That is a system to control my state. Now, how much time did it take me to set that up? Five minutes. Had to pull out the alarm thing in my phone. Had to label three alarms at 10, 2, and 6, 10 a.m., 2 p.m., and 6 p.m. And now for the last, I don't even know, Four or five years, I've had affirmation timers go off three times throughout the day at 10, 2, and 6. That's another energy management system. Confidence physiology. What's your confidence physiology system? Meaning, how are you triggering yourself to have your shoulders back throughout the day? How are you triggering yourself to stand up throughout the day? How are you triggering yourself to walk with energy throughout the day? One very simple system is buying a posture brace. Pulling your shoulders back or getting those little, the little zapper things that you put on, you know, uh, on your spine, on, on your back. And it basically like shocks you when your when your shoulders go forward. What's your, what are your physical health pillars? What are your non-negotiables? I notice a lot of people give up on their workout plans because they're, they're too stringent. What all we need are pillars. These are the non-negotiables. I'll, I'll work these pillars in how I see fit, but these are the pillars. What are your diet pillars? Again, we can't be so stringent with our diets to the point where there's no flexibility. We just need pillars. What's most important, macros and number of calories allowed. Calendar management. Okay, if your calendar is a depiction of what you do throughout the day, it's pretty important to have your calendar reflect your priorities. So calendar management. First step always when you're, when you're auditing your calendar is to do an hourly rate audit. What's your hourly rate? How do you determine your hourly rate? Calculate how much your intended income, personal income is. Divide it by 40 hours a week. And take your, divide that into 52 to determine your weekly income. Divide that by 40 hours. Now you know your hourly rate. Always do your hourly rate with the future, where you will be. That way you can vet what you're doing today against what you will earn in the future. So important, having this in your phone. My hourly rate is X. Think about this. 
a billionaire or someone doing a hundred million divided by 52. Okay. Divided by 40. A person that's doing a hundred million dollars a year, their hourly rate is $48,000. What if every task you did in an hour needed to have a $48,000 positive ROI tied to it? The second step of your calendar audit process is using time blocks and breaks time blocks and breaks all in the same categorizing your days right so categorizing your days categorizing your time blocks and respecting your rhythm in the process marissa meyer the uh, former ceo of uh yahoo or maybe she i don't know who's the ceo now um, but yeah, Marissa Meyer, she was one of the first like 20 employees at Google um, and then became the CEO of Yahoo. She used to say that one of the key things she did at Yahoo was she identified people's rhythms, her team's rhythm. Who likes the work in what way? In what style? Right? So she found some of her, some of her team members they like to work early morning. Some like to work late nights. Others like to work on this stuff in the morning. Others like to work like this. Da, 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 da. The bottom line is we all need to find our own rhythm with work because I'll tell you what doesn't work. What doesn't work is entering your day with no plan, with a calendar you're not serious about, and then just grinding until you get tired. That surely doesn't work. What works a lot better is taking five. Remember this. I learned this from Perry Marshall. It is a $1,000 per hour task to plan your day. It is a $1,000 per hour task to plan your day. It is a $100 per hour task to just do your day. So it's 10 times more valuable to plan your day. Even if it only takes you five minutes of thinking, five minutes of, of thinking, hmm, okay, I'm gonna bounce into this in the morning, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna talk about this. Blah, blah, blah. You can even get an accountability partner. We talked about the system of creating a health accountability partner. What about the system of having a daily productivity partner? Someone that you call every morning for five minutes showing that you have intention for your day, right? You don't have to do that, but what, what we do need to do is be clear about our counter blocks and then our breaks. So we talked about this before, how to actually take a break, but the key is we need to take a break throughout the day. 
and studies show this. And for me to say this, believe me, I was kicking and fighting against this for a while. I thought I could just work and work and work and work and work. Now I've found I'm a completely different person if I take a 10 to 15 minute nap at like two. Holy crap. You should have seen what happened two days ago at my office. We had our whole team in the office on Monday. Um, and I came in the Monday and I was just like, I wasn't really feeling it. I was tired. My knee was hurting from, I, I dabbed my knee when I was riding my dirt bike this weekend. Like, body was repairing itself. I went home at like noon. I laid on my back on the sofa for 20 minutes and holy crap, holy crap. I came back to the office and everyone's like, who is this person? And I worked until 9 p.m. that night because it was the first night of our challenge on Monday with complete overabundance of energy. Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon, talks about this concept of making one good decision a day. And he tries to only make decisions before 11 a.m. So if it's too hard of a decision, we'll push it to tomorrow before 11 a.m. But we can't do five important decisions, five important actions, and just crunch all these important things one after the other. It's a lot higher value to go, if I could get one thing done today that would have the biggest long-term impact on my life, what would that one thing be? So personal, personal vision system, okay? Health systems, confidence physiology. What is your posture throughout the day? Do you have calorie restriction goals? All you need is one of these things to have an immeasurable impact on you. What's your real hour, hourly rate? Is that reflected in your calendar based on the task that you've committed to? Again, if someone was to audit your life and they had access to their, your calendar, let's look at this. They just had access to your calendar. And they, a forensic scientist was to report back to you, here's what this person's priorities are. What would it say? Full accountability. So in summary, before I pass this over to an amazing superhuman, I want to remind everyone, set up your personal energy systems. Okay, this is Wealth and Health Wednesday. We can't have wealth and health if we don't have energy. The number one key to getting energy, having a clear vision that you've stepped into three years in the future, letting that clear vision force you into health accountability, mental health accountability, calendar accountability, and all of the above. I wish the best for everyone for the rest of this week. This is Breakfast with Champions, the number one show on the entire app of Clubhouse and in the world. 
Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.